I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the music. <laughs> Turn my mic up. Hey, y'all, welcome to Cross Baltic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. And we are the fastest growing rowdy Presbyterian conservative network in the world. You're right. In the world. Message. Message. Are there any other rowdy Presbyterian network? I don't know. But I'm pretty sure we're the fastest growing. That's on that, right it, now. That's on right now. That you're watching. Facebook Live. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining the club. Make sure for those who are been thinking about it, now that you know we're the fastest growing Presbyterian, rowdy Presbyterian network on, in the world, you join that when you, when you, when you join the club. You want to you you, be, you be part of that. Absolutely. So. Message. <laughs> and you get a shirt. And, and you get a t-shirt and all the stuff that comes in the club yeah. portal. Did you get Ben a shirt? Um, I did. I did. Ben yeah. got a shirt. Yeah. Okay. It's, I'm sitting on it. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> it's for your mouth yeah. right now. You know, yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Well, I wanted to go here. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not going to do much to stop the Rona, but yeah, it makes your hair look good. Uh, we have with us in the studio today, Dr. Ben Merkel. Uh, he doesn't know how to wear face masks, but he is New St. Andrews College's uh, second president in the yeah. history of the college. Um, you were previously an undergraduate dean. You hold a DPhil in Oriental Studies and an MST in Jewish Studies from Oxford University. That's in England. So watch out. He also studied theology at Greyfriars Hall. Dr. Merkel has taught the freshman introductory theology course, Lordship, and Hebrew. He has also taught Anglo-Saxon. What? He, he became president. I'm telling you, watch out. He became president in 2015. He also has served as a minister. He's an elder at Christ Church here in Moscow. He also has previously served as a campus pastor uh, with Collegiate Reform Fellowship. Mm. He also drove tanks in the army. Hey, Where, no. where, where's the button? Hey, now. Where's Did the button? You... <laughs> Wait for it. It's a little, it's a little late. But can't, it's... You can't say army, though. No? You can't say army. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. That pastor. Was, that was dude. like a really, that was a faux pas. I, I'm, That's big. My apologies. <laughs> what what I, tanks did you drive? Uh, actually, I started on an M60 and then switched to an M1A1. So I got to drive both. Marine. Wow. What, yeah, oh, what's the yes. difference? Uh, it's you wouldn't know, Gabe. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Well, oh, give me an example of one of the differences. Like uh, well, bigger I mean, muscle, like, more gun power. The well, yeah, computers. I mean, the M1A1, like the M60, you could go about 25 miles an hour and then your treads fall off. The M1A1, <laughs> you could go 50 and you could just. Spin it, do donuts and, and all that. Wow. Wow. wow, I want uh, that's the one I want. Maybe, it, maybe yeah. one of the most significant things though on your resume is I believe this is correct. You were one of the founding editors of the world renowned Crack House Chronicles. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. right? That's right. Is that true? You know about the Crack House Chronicles? What is the Crack House I believe Chronicles? You wrote a little in that, didn't you? I don't know if I ever, I may have contributed. These are my elders writing in the Crack House. I found some old copies recently and it was pretty hilarious seeing some of the names in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, y'all want to explain yourselves? No, there was a house called the Crack House. The Crack House was where I lived. And, and my brother my brother lived there after you. Yeah. After you, yeah. And, then we, and he's a pastor now and president. <laughs> we turned it into a newsletter for, like, ministry, and so it was the Crack House oh, Chronicle. okay. One of the highlights was my wife did a series of illustrations um, that were, you know, the precious moments. Right. She did her own version of precious moments, but it was like the little little known tales from the Bible that didn't normally make it into the precious moments. <laughs> Okay. So it was like, did she do a David holding Goliath's head or anything? We like didn't that? get there, but okay. we did get Eglon getting killed with <laughs> yep. the sword. Yeah, yep. precious fat. moment. Yeah, that's a precious and I think moment. She got uh, um, the the oh, jail. jail jail precious moment. Can't miss that yeah. one. <laughs> you are also the author of the book uh, "The White Horse King: The Life of Alfred the Great." Yes, he wasn't real. And uh, 
<laughs> oh, great. Is that a fair, fairy tale? <laughs> and, and defending the Trinity and the Reformed Palatinate. Which is uh, your dissertation, right? Yeah. Uh, published uh, right. Oxford University Press. Read, read by at least two people. <laughs> How come we don't have the book? I make it, it three or it's four. It's like a $100 book or something, <laughs> isn't know, it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. His wife is Becca, who's also the author of Even Exile. That's right. Oh, yep. such we a had her on good for that. Book. That's yep. a great and, book. And uh, you have uh, five kids. Oh. And, five um, kids. They baptize, right? They are. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, hey. and go and baptize your kids. Two, you have two, two of them are NSA. Three. Three. Three at NSA, wow. yeah. Right now, right. Mm-hmm. I was I was pleased wow, that uh, they were. He told us right before we we started recording that they were discussing this morning what sound effects that yes. we, should, we should have for him. Although we couldn't quite come up with any of their. That's why we got this one. Yeah, yep. yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, thanks again for coming back on. Thanks so much for having me. You you've been here before and you still came back. Which, I, I did. Which is I did. Yeah. Real, it's actually really encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> Short-term memory loss. So. <laughs> Thank you for that. He had the corona. <laughs> also, so. I just invite everybody else, too. Guys, we are actually live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you have any questions for the good doctor, oh, yeah. you oh, can yeah. go ahead and shoot those yeah. out right now. Type them in the comments. And yeah. I'll, have, watch, I'll watch Facebook. Gabe, you watch YouTube. You, you got it? Okay. Because I'm not watching anything. Um, yeah, I'll watch YouTube. So, uh, Ben, you're the president of a small classical Christian college. Um, and this corona crazy yeah. has just blown up yeah. speaking of grenades and, yeah. you know things blown up um we've got um uh, we've got for you know <laughs> real you know we got sickness we got people get you know getting sick spreading something around and there are um you know a number of uh, places where there's some hot spots for that you've got everything closing down mm-hmm. um how is nsa handling this current deal yeah, it's it's crazy time. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we had to switch to all online, yeah. um, and you know God's providence. We had just the previous summer had actually got ourselves all set up on an online platform, and this is mm. yeah God's God's sovereignty because we weren't anticipating anything. It was just right. purely an in house. We decided we wanted a platform, so we had it all ready and queued up. So it really took about you know twenty seconds to say you know what we're online. Here's how just we're doing it. it. Over. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's it's been good and. Um, it's, what's surprising is how many students still want to stay in town, even though all their classes are all 100% online. Yeah, yeah. And it's been, um, you know, if you had to do this nonstop for college, I think it would be a real loss. I think, um, but given that they've already got years of getting to know their classmates and their teachers, I think that we're able to do fairly yeah. well and give basically the same education. And there has been some kind of innovation that it sparked in us where it's like, okay, figure out how to use the the online platform to actually right. improve what you're doing. Yeah. So I think that's been really good. And some of that will stick with us when we're able to go back into person, but yeah. definitely wouldn't want to do it for very long. Right. So what do you see going on in terms of just the bigger picture? Like how is, how do you think the higher education world yeah. is going to be affected, changed by all this? It's so some of it is, it's going to be massively changed. And some of it is, it's just going to, make visible what was already there yeah. in a much clearer way. Like one, one of the, one of the major things that I think is happening is, um, you know, NSA from the beginning, we've never taken the federal money. We don't take right. Pell grants. We don't take the federally subsidized right. student loans because mm-hmm. of the strings that are attached to it. And, yeah. and there are other principles as well in play. Anyhow, what's really interesting. And it's, this is beyond just the world of education. I think industry across, across the board is getting this where you have a a um, a governmental suppression of all industry that is excused because the government money will come in and lift it back up. Right. Mm. 
which means basically we're all socialists now. I mean, mm-hmm. you, thanks. You, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like as a college, so we're not we're not taking that money, and and that's an interesting thing right now is my email inbox is just a long list of emails of new news about the new money that we're going to get. Right. Like, this is a cash cow for colleges. Yeah. They're wow. going to make a killing on this. Right. And a lot of the debate is like, do we, uh, we if, don't, don't give any um, refunds to your students. Yeah. Because you got to wait for the federal subsidy to come or else you won't get it reimbursed, but there's all kinds of maneuvering that's to get the most out get of the this. maximum amount of money. Yeah. And, and so I think one of the big things is it's, we're, we're all federally subsidized now. I mean, they're NSA's distinct, but I don't think right. very many colleges right. will make it through where they're not basically on the government paycheck. Right. And that's going to, there's just no way that's not going to have lingering implications down the road. Where it, it just really changes the way we think about funding college. What do you mean by suppressing business? Like yeah. how, how is the government involved in suppressing business, particularly in the higher education world? Well, uh, you can't have class. So, oh, oh, so you're oh, talking right. specifically Control. about this, this particular moment yeah, is yeah. suppressing, like, it's, you, can't, it's, you can't meet. Everybody, every, okay. Everything's closed down. You have okay. to close it down and send everybody home. Now, you can maybe, um, you know, we're trying to be versatile and go online. And that's what most of the schools yeah. have done. Right. But you're, you're, um, you're closing the dorms, you're closing the cafeteria, you're closing right. all of these things. Got it. And then, so now we're in a financial emergency, but that's okay because the federal government's going to come in and take care of it. Got it. But basically, that makes it so you can't be an independent institution that is not reliant on the government. And I think that that's a lot larger than just colleges. I think yeah. a lot of businesses are having that where you you have principles about uh, you know, I want to work for my money. I want to earn, earn my keep. I want to be a productive, you know, member of the church and tithe and all of this. Right. That's taken away from you, and you're and you're and you're mm. told um, your principles. You can't have them. You know, right. you, uh-huh. right. because if you want to eat, you have to take the government money. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Right. Because they've taken away everything else. Yeah. Right. And, and the story of Joseph keeps like coming back to me. We've brought this up on the yeah. show in the last couple of weeks. Where you know Joseph, uh, you know, basically helps and sets up the mechanism for Israel to become long term enslaved to Egypt over yeah. the next four hundred years, and that kind of seems like a little bit of what the play is going on here. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's one of the things that we keep wanting to argue about um, at NSA is that one of our um, sort of overriding themes is that we want to create free men. And, yeah. and really, higher education is about uh, indentured servitude right now. And we're, we're trying to wow. do something distinct so that we graduate free people. But now we've just seen this play run across the whole nation. And, yeah, this is how you become a slave. Yeah. This is how it works. What do you mean higher Because I graduated from the University of Idaho. What do you mean higher education? <laughs> he, just that said, he just said it. you're a slave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said what, you're a slave. So how's that, how, how do, what does that look like? Well, so, I mean... There's the financial piece, you know, it, uh, you take their money as I think you had uh, Bortons on here say, you know, you, you take the shackle, you get the shackles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah um, that's right. Uh, so you take the money, you have to answer to those, um, to those dictates. Um, I, I've seen Christian colleges where uh, you're, you're a Christian college and known, well-known Christian colleges where there's a incident of some sort of sexual harassment on campus. Well, uh-huh. sexual harassment because of Title IX is actually considered a federal issue because yep. it, it um, constitutes some form of um, uh, sexism, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, so because of that, it's a federal thing, and because you take the federal money now, federal rules about how to deal with that sexual harassment apply to you. So now you have Christian colleges spending millions of dollars 
on programs to teach their students how to have consensual sex. Right. Because right. that's the federal government's response to this. That's you, what's required in Title IX. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, now, so now you've got um, – so that's one place. And it's where, marriage. The answer is marriage. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, the federal government, well, they're teaching marriage, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Is, I mean, like, it, it's sad to see Christian schools where it's like you have the answer for how you deal with this. <laughs> it's, right? in, it's in the Bible. And, yeah. and instead it's, no, it's, here's how to start shacking up, you know, and mm. which is a, a sad deal. But that's, that's one yeah. way – like ideologically, it happens. Um, you um, with when you go down that route, you also find that the federal um, student loans become easier and easier to take, and then you graduate with forty grand in student loan debt. It's another form of servitude. Right. And then I think the last thing is that um, increasingly higher ed is um, more about. Um, vocational certification and not about deeper critical thinking uh-huh. which is it's it's kind of a big thing to dive into but there the more you indulge that concept of higher education the more you have people who are slaves it's a slave mentality right. instead of the person who's it's a worker bee mentality yeah a yeah, worker yeah. bee versus somebody who's going to argue back yeah cuz okay so just but we don't want people to argue back though that's, I mean, that's part of the problem. <laughs> well, they'll pull your they'll pull your articles off of Medium if you try to argue with or them. Google Play. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so what you mean though is, if I, if I understand right, the the vocational certification is is you get training for a particular job. Yeah. And that's it. Right. And so you've got your little certificate and you can... Or pl- degree. Or, yeah, your degree. And you yeah. can plug the cog into this thing here in the assembly line. And right. you can do that eight to five yeah. for 40 years. Yeah. But, but it's not really teaching you how, to, how the whole assembly line works how or how th- the world works, how yeah. God made the world. Which is really important to this moment. There's a couple different ways where I think it applies right now. Um, where um, So basically, we think now that your college degree the name of your college degree needs to correspond with the name of a job. Yeah. And that that's the role that right. college has. What's your has. major? Yeah. yeah. And right. so when you, that's why when you give a liberal arts answer, everybody laughs and says, oh, that's the would you like fries with that right. d- degree. <laughs> because yeah. no one right. knows. Because, but, because yeah. there's no, um, you know, there's, it doesn't feel like there's a strong career out there with that name in it. You're going right. to be a liberal artist. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, is, first of all, um, first of all, the, if you're just aiming for certification for one particular job, what do you do when the market changes like it just did? Right now. Yeah, when everything gets wiped out. When so 20 million people are jobless. Yeah. So it the um and, and the thing is it's not true to real life. I mean, if if we go through and all list our undergraduate degree. Right. You know, I was chemistry. Um yeah. you know, and now I'm a college president and you go around and ask people, you find that no, we all move all the right. time. Yeah. It's far better to get a diverse like a, the kind of degree that sets you up to um, handle any number of different circumstances rather than just one particular career is that true about all liberal arts degrees because isn't there a difference between liberal arts degrees across the board so University of Minnesota I know yeah. people who get a liberal arts degree from there and they don't look anything like people who cover MSA yeah so no, when I, people talk about how they are criticizing liberal arts degrees they yeah. usually have a model of it that doesn't look like the traditional Absolutely. liberal arts degree right yeah no I think that's totally true and that has to do with the fact that we've basically removed Christ from the education uh. so so, so if you have a worldview that is built on Christ, then you have this solid rock. You have this firm foundation, and then this um, education can get really rigorous. When you remove Christ and just have the liberal arts without Christ, mm. then basically you're right. You do get a, 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 a can course. I have fries with that? Well, it, it's, it's like <laughs> well, actually, I would say it's even worse than that yeah. because actually, I mean, you think about what are like all the, mo- the the most idiotic ideas that have come out of uh, like universities in the last hundred mm. years 
I, I bet 80, 90% of them came out of liberal arts departments yeah, this, this right. Right. that had rejected, yeah. that had rejected yeah. Christ. Yeah. It, it's like liberal arts are, are like this like really sharp sword. Yeah. It, it's mm. a, it's a really dangerous weapon. And when it's hooked up to Christ and his word, it's potent for a lot of good. Yeah. But as soon as you unhitch Christ yeah. Yeah. from it, to borrow a phrase from someone. Unhitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, it, it, you can use it to do Crazy evil. I mean, yeah. I mean, but all the secularism, evolutionism, Darwinism, relativism, all, I mean, all the crazy. Because they become educators it's, in a lot of ways. Come know. out of philosophy departments and lit, lit departments. No, I think that's really true. Right? I mean, yeah. so it's, it, it, that tells you how potent it is, mm-hmm. but it, but it, it can be potent either way. Right. Mm. And yeah, I, I think when you blend a, a rigorous liberal arts education with a real, um, Christocentric worldview, and you put those together, then you have something really, really powerful. Yeah. But that's just really hard to find right. now. So uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the the Babylon Bee had this. Uh, the, oh, I kind of find it now. Where'd it go? Um, they had this uh, this headline. I think you'll enjoy it. It said liberal arts degrees renamed non essential worker degrees <laughs> during the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so our liberal arts. And non, you know, are they a non-essential business? Are they an essential business? And you know, right. so we have this language being thrown yeah. around: of essential and non-essential. Which I want to say initially, actually, is kind of insulting. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so the the difference between the two, like, um, if, if you take that vocationally oriented degree, then you're trying to name the job with your diploma. The liberal arts, you're not trying to name a job. You're trying to you're trying to name certain skills and habits that you're inculcating. So the point that we're trying to give or the, the the goal that we're that we have at NSA is to teach our students how to be critical thinkers, clear communicators, to be have a worldview that's coherent and founded on Christ. It's these these soft skills about being having a mind. And I would say that that's the thing that America has lost at this moment. Like, <laughs> Their like mind. We, we absolutely <laughs> yeah, that's right. need that's absolutely right. critical yeah. thinking yeah. right now. I mean we're yeah. we're in a famine of that. So being able to read like you know, I don't know, data models, for example. Exactly. And, and write data models. And, and figure out what numbers are we missing. Are there any yeah. key numbers yeah. here that don't make sense? Is that a legitimate denominator? It's a, it's a critical thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, here, here's I, Gabe and I were talking about this um, a, a couple of days ago. Um, here's an interesting um, bit of data for the, from the last uh, 50 or 60 years. Because over the last 60 years is where we've seen this, this transition from liberal arts dominating higher ed to now more vocationally oriented degrees. Okay. And during that time, if you go back to the year 1961 and, and look at how many um, hours per week a college student had to devote to their study, in yeah. or, like what, what did the average college student spend on school? It was a 40-hour week. Um, that, that includes classroom and homework. That's, that's going to lectures yeah. and then doing so, all the work. Yeah. Full-time job. It, yeah. Exactly. It makes, it makes total sense. It's equivalent to a full-time job. Since 1961, that number has dropped every single year. So that in 2011 to 2015, uh, the the average student was spending 17 and a half hours a week on school. Wow! So from so, 40 but, to 17 and a half less hours. Than half. But well, yeah. it's actually more than that because think okay. of it this way: because in that 40, let's say they were doing the minimum number of classes, so 12 hours. Of, yeah. So that means if it was 12 hours of class, 28 hours of study. Yep. If you take 17 and a half, they still have 12 hours of class. Ooh. Five, five and a half, half hours, hours of, of homework. So that's that's um, wow. less than a fifth of yeah. the amount of time. Right. So so that and 19- grades went down, right? I mean, yeah. great grades went so down. So that's right? the uh, that's the other interesting <laughs> thing is during that time in 1960, the A was given to 15 percent of students. Okay, 15 percent of students got yeah, an A, a in college. Okay, uh-huh. and since 1960, that number 
has climbed. In 1998, I believe the A became the most common grade given in a college class. And right now, 45% of college students get an A. So, wow. so if you think about it, then your 1960s forefather um, had to study more than five times as much as you do in order to be ready for that class. And yet, and yet you are three times more likely to get an, get an A. A. <laughs> so either, yeah. either today's college students are the most amazing generation <laughs> of intellectuals and natural geniuses that America's ever seen, or that shift from a rigorous liberal arts education to the professional education, right. rather than being actually making it more difficult, has made it way easier, way mm. easier. Wow. Nicholas on Facebook is asking, how can a college effectively educate students in the liberal arts while simultaneously teaching them a specific skill? I don't, well, just, do they just yeah. need to do four years in liberal and then figure out another four years in a career or something like that? So I would say, first of all, I think we have to question whether um, those college degrees are actually preparing people well for careers. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, most, um, most careers, from what I can see, you don't learn how to do that job till you show up at that job. That's right. Um, and so what, what the workforce needs is not people who have particular certifications, but people who have um, the ability to learn and to, to teach themselves, to be able to be yeah. somebody who walks in and can figure it out within mm. three months right. and, and roll on. Because that company's unique. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and that's not to say that there aren't, there are certain um, certifications that, that you mm. need for certain sure. careers. And, sure. But in general, those certifications tend to be um, a lot more easily and more directly um, given in, in a shorter period of time or right. as they're introduced to their job. But I do think, I mean, I think if you're going to be an engineer, you have to get a mechanical engineering undergrad. That, that's just, right. there's no getting around that. Um, if you want to be a nurse, you need a nursing BA. If you want to be a doctor, you can do a liberal arts undergrad and go on to med school from there. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's, there are certain careers that I think you, you have to pick a path carefully for. But the, the liberal arts foundation, though, you're saying, is, is useful for all of those. Right, right. Because, well, first of all, Imagine going back to your 18-year-old self and saying, you know, 18-year-old Toby, I trust you to plan the rest of my life. Uh, I, I, I trust you to pick the career path right now that right. will be like. And you your, remember 18-year-old Toby. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 I knew him. I knew him. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of myself, the one thing I remember saying when I was 18, my mom asked me what I wanted to be. And I said, I don't know, but I know I don't want it to have a desk or books. Um, <laughs> look what God gave you. Yeah. Look what God did. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's different now with your kids since they've grown up? In this culture, in this community, with their 18-year-old self is a lot different than your 18-year-old self, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By, by a long shot. But, but um, that has more to do because with – Because of – yeah. It has more to do with spiritual maturity, mm. and, and there's an intellectual maturity there. But it's not like um, – it's not like my son, who's a junior at NSA, it's not like he knows for certain – he has a general sense of right. where he's headed – but but um, when you when you study with an open path, there's a lot less fear about like right. I'll try this for a while, and then I'll try this for a uh, while, and I'll figure yeah. out what you know how God made me and yeah. what works for me. And all of us, I mean, your 40 year old self has a lot different priorities than your 30 year old self. And what's yeah. what's more important is that you have built into yourself the ability to adapt and grow. So actually, well, I want to add something here just yeah. real quick. Um, uh, you know, my liberal arts training has actually given me far more confidence as an entrepreneur 
than my my schooling at University of Idaho. Yeah. I mean, when I when I went through Greyfires was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went through Greyfires, I remember coming out on the other side of that three years you know three years later, just being far more confident as a as a husband, far more confident as someone who's like in this business world trying to figure things out, and because I knew much more about God's world. Yeah, you know, I had far more uh, context of what God was doing, and I had far more I like confidence in my relationship with God. Yeah, to to make. To take risk, yeah. it, it's all connected in right. in how we see the world and how we view ourselves in relationship to that world and what we want to do moving forward and everything. So you're right. When I'm, you know, man, 30 years old, my my ideas and dreams and aspirations are very different than what I'm doing now that I'm 40 years old. I mean, it's it, right. but but the liberal arts degree has prepared me far more. I didn't I didn't get a degree, but going through Greyfires was kind of my big liberal arts splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it actually made me far more adaptive. I mean, when I was 30, I was working for a company, and then when I was 36, I was doing consulting, and then when I'm 40, I'm you know, doing cross-politic. I never would have been able to do that if it wasn't for Gray Fires. Mm. So. I was thinking of the – there's a book by uh, uh, Nassim Tlaib called Anti-Fragile. Yeah. And, there's, and the whole point of it – I mean, he, he's sort of this uh, crazy, eccentric – Le- you know, Le- you know, Lebanese uh, mathematician guy, but he, but the whole you know, I emailed with him about coming on the show. Oh, good. I get this, I get this email like he's like, I'm not doing any interviews, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, thanks. It's, it's like it's a thick slog, but it's he's sort of like he's. But the whole point of it is the idea that God has made the world in such a way that there are certain things that actually get stronger and better yeah. the harder you hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about working out like your muscles, Ooh. bones. You know, mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't exercise, if you don't break them mm. down. They yeah. don't get bigger. They don't get stronger. Yeah. Um, there are uh, he's got diff- different categories, but the anti fragile category is the one in which basically the the harder you hit, the harder you're stressed, the better you get, the stronger you get. Right. And I think there's something about that where that's supposed that's the way things are supposed to be in our Christian walk. Yeah. If if you're united to Christ by faith, um, it's all it, everything that God brings you makes you better. Mm-hmm. Everything that God sends you makes you stronger. Right. And liberal arts, I think, really are. I mean, when we talk about f- the free arts, that's what liberal arts are. Mm-hmm. Free arts. We're talking about the Christian arts. Yeah. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're talking about the way God made the world to make free men and women. And that freedom is rooted in Christ. Right. And so liberal arts, I think, are just another way of saying an anti-fragile education. Yeah. So, so that no matter what hits you, economically, you know, health wise, business wise, whatever. That's right. Um, it, it hits you, and it's and it, you're able to uh, pivot and learn and grow and get stronger and right. and and move. Um, it, it's all about allowing yeah. for sanctification. Yeah, I, I've got a group of uh, alums that I have this kind of ongoing reading group with, just going through different books. We did actually Antifragile yeah. one point two, but yeah. but one of the things that we were just talking um, last week, I was I was pushing them on. Just tell me, you know. I go around selling this NSA education all the time. I want to hear from you. Am I, am I full of it? Or is, is yeah. this, is this true? Like, yeah. tell me honestly, how has it performed for you? And they, it was really interesting. They said, what was weird is that their education, the longer they're in their professional life, the more they rely on their NSA education. Huh. Because our, what we're focusing on are um, cultural leadership skills. And, um, which, so when you first enter the workforce, you're just trying to figure out how you do your job, right? You are just the worker bee, right? But what happens is if you got a worker bee, um, worker bee education and degree, that's where you stay. Whereas if you have the kind of education that, that knows how to like look up and look around and think critically and figure out and anticipate the change that needs to happen and how to communicate to others and direct them, when you start to just kind of naturally act like that, 
you just keep moving up and up and up and until you find that the worker bee skills you don't use those at all and everything you're doing has to do with critical thinking communication leadership writing yeah it's it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. all all of that but I think um, the other thing, the Talib's book and Anti-Fragile, I remember there was one point, and I don't think he was trying to talk about liberal arts, but it, it, it seemed to be such a strong point where he was saying, if you, let's say you, you go into a bookstore and you are told, um, you know, pick 10 titles here that you're going to invest in and over the next, you know, 20 years, you're going to make the profit off of those 10 titles. Okay. The, the temptation that everybody has is to go and look like what's the bestseller? What's the, right. what's the hot new right. thing and put all the money on that? Yep. Right. And he said the obvious thing is, is ask which book has been on, um, which title has been sold for the longest? Yeah. Like what, which book do you know? Cause that one that's hot right now in six months, it's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. But that one that's been selling for 500 years. You can have a reasonable good guess that for the next 20 years, yeah. it's going to be there. The market for Calvin's commentary is going to continue. Yeah. And, and that we see that like with degrees. I noticed just from being inside education, how, um, how uh, there are these fads that go through with degrees and colleges are, um, it's all about how quickly can you reinvent yourself to offer that new degree? Like right now it's um, cybersecurity. Yep. Okay. Like right. we have to have a cybersecurity yeah. degree tomorrow. Right. And if we can't do that, we failed as a school. But the thing is, is like, okay, go back 30 years, uh, you know, from now and, and uh, 30 years ago and say, you know, what, what if you could be the guy that offered the VCR repair BA? Yeah. You know, like this is hot. Look at look at yeah. all of the look. We're we're transferring from beta to VHS. Yeah, and you got to be on this. You want to be on this now? Right. Well, well. And there sure. was a tiny window in which that was relevant. It was it was a tiny window, and then it was gone. And then what do you do? But when you have when you focus not on being certified for this hot new thing, but being certified to think and to act and to lead and to work yeah. hard. That is going to be your Shakespeare, right? Right. Mm, that lasts right. for hundreds of years. That's really good. Okay, so Jenny asked the question. She says, um, since not all people can afford or, or aspire to a liberal degree, should there be more technical schools or apprenticeships? So I think, um, I, I actually, I do think that uh, technical schools and apprenticeships are a better way to um, enter into the workforce, okay. to, to receive those particular skills, because I think you can, you can get those for far quicker and far cheaper than most colleges are giving them. Yeah. I don't think you can give the education I'm describing quickly and cheaply, but I think that you can get those much, much more quickly and much cheaper um, in a quick certification program and get into those technical or, yeah. skills. Yeah. Rather than going to like a four-year school yeah. and getting that degree. I agree. Yeah. But, but I would say, though, that, um, you know, we've kind of, I've alluded to this idea that like sort of through history, you've had this liberal arts education, which was the education your leaders got. Yeah. And then you had a, a vocational one, which was what the serfs all got. Well, that has a very, um, uh, I don't know, elitist kind of approach to it. Right. But I would say, as first of all, as Christians, and second of all, as people who live in the technical age that we live in, we're all the free man. That's right. You know, we're we're all preach the free that, man. brother. Preach. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a little excited. <laughs> and, but I, I think that that education. That's why I'm so happy to see the classical Christian school movement, the K to twelve movement, yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because because everybody needs that. Yeah. Uh, because just just with your just with this right now, you have more power than you know. Um, 
you know, Henry V, yeah. right? Yeah. Kingly right. powers yeah. with that. That's you know, right. And, right. and you need the education that goes with how to actually use that faithfully. Right. And I think that that education actually belongs to every man right now. Yeah. I just watched you do something. I love the way you do this, where you're able to have this big view and then you always narrow it down to right where you're at. You know, you just kind of did that with the anti-fragile thing. Would you, since you have that kind of vision to do that and because you're classical education right now, what are the things that you see big scale that people are missing that's going to affect us? Um, right where we're at when you when it comes to COVID nineteen and kind of how fragile everybody is and all of this. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. I mean, I think going back to the there, there's the financial picture is mm-hmm. a, is a big one. Is um, I think there's a real danger of us becoming. We just became a lot more socialist. The, a lot the, more dependent yeah. on our government. But yep. at the same time, everybody did not just college. And yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. did. But but I, at the same time. There is this moment where I think we have this opportunity to actually like just really appreciate um, our local life. Like, like, like mm. the, weirdly, yeah. the imposed quarantine has actually made us all suddenly aware of our neighbors, of our families, mm. of our like even even, you know, I'm living in this little town. But now my kids who are in college and my kids who are at high school they're all sitting in the living room all on their laptops and we're just having a lot more family time yeah, sure. and and suddenly seeing like just dads out on the street with their kids on the bicycle yeah and, i've so, seen a lot and, of that yeah and the parks are closed yet we're spending more time with our kids we're suddenly stopping and like talking to your neighbor yeah and it's weird how a quarantine is making that happen or the real weird thing and we were talking about this earlier is so we had to do church online for multiple weeks, and then we finally had an in-person service where we had to stay in our cars. Yeah, we drive in. And yeah, and we and we you drive to church and you spend the whole time just waving yeah. at everybody. People, people, people like yeah. standing outside their sunroofs, to, just waving. Yeah. And suddenly, like our love of brother has just gotten like this real, mm. um, do, you know, severe dose of yeah. of like this is something we need. And so yeah. I think that there's. There's the potential for it to all go bad, but I think there's actually a potential for us to actually ride this for a moment and like love each other you yeah. know, the, the way that the church body is supposed to. Right. That's great. So, how do what do what do you think uh, after the Corona panic's over? What is education going to look like after yeah. this wave? Yeah. So I think that th- there's the federal money part. I, I think another piece is to go back to what I was saying about how college for the last sixty years has gotten easier. Yeah. It, um, because it's become about vocational certification, it's become more and more of a joke. Yeah. Um, and I think that forcing everybody to go online might have just opened up a lot of eyes to that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, there are a lot of colleges, I don't have this question about NSA because I know how rigorous it is. This isn't going to change us that much. Yeah. Right. But there are a lot of colleges that are going to have a hard time making the case. Right. That it was, it's going to expose better, It's better yeah. for them to be there on yeah, campus. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I could do this online for so much cheaper yeah. and mm. just as good. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's sad because that's not the case about college. It's the case about almost all colleges in America, right? right. Which yeah. is a different thing. Right. Yeah. Like college can actually be this really rigorous time where your life is, you know, you're given a foundation for life and you yeah. work like crazy right. and you become a different kind of person. You grow. College yeah. can be that, where you grow in great faithfulness. But most campuses, that's not what it is. And I think that this might have opened everybody's eyes to that. So that could sort of, in some ways, sort of blow it up, like in, in, in a good way. So, sort yeah. of like, like, say, the old way is just not going to work. Yeah. And, and maybe a bunch of it goes online, which is not as good, but at least it, it, the sort of the monopoly 
is, yeah. is blown apart. I mean, we've been talking about that a little bit with regard to public schools in general. I mean, uh-huh. you got, I mean, one of the great things about this moment is everyone's a homeschooler. No, nobody's <laughs> in public schools right yeah, now. Yeah. Right. You know, and so and maybe God's and we're I'm seeing people online starting to say, "Hey, this homeschooling thing's not so bad." You know, maybe we're gonna maybe we're or gonna, they're realizing that oh, they haven't been doing a great job with my kids. I'm done with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. I've yeah. seen a lot of that too. Now that I'm actually having to spend time with you, yeah, <laughs> I okay. don't like my family. Yeah. You can't yeah. read. Yeah. That's messed up. <laughs> exactly. Thirteen year old. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed, just in terms of the blessing of all this, is I, I mean, I, I can't remember a time where I have so frequently been thankful. For all of the little things in my house and in my fr- in, in uh-huh. my fridge, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, my my one of the first weekends, my wife was at the store and like you got this whole you know all these shelves empty. I think it was just the TP aisles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, but I think there was one section where there's a bunch of vegetables that were just gone. Yeah, and and, it, and you just think like how amazingly wealthy are we as a people? Right. I mean, I, I sit yeah. there in the kitchen and I can like I can whip up. 15 different things yeah. that came from 15 different farms and 15 different states. Yep. And it's like, right. like, and Middle Eastern kings yep. didn't have half of what I have. Yeah. And, and just th- thinking about how fabulously wealthy we are and yeah. how kind God has been to us mm-hmm. um, is just another piece of, I, I hope that that's one of the things that God's people are coming through this with just deeper gratitude for, you know, I've got cars to drive. Yeah. I can go get gas whenever I want. Yeah. I mean, all that's that, getting cheaper. I mean, all yeah, I mean, <laughs> but any, any of that could get taken away at any minute. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's God just pouring it on us constantly. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's another huge Amen. blessing in this moment, even though we're, it's, it's all kinds of crazy too. So how are you like encouraging your students, your faculty to think you, you were talking about there is, we are kind of in the midst of this moment where there's actually a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Everyone, generally speaking, everyone's looking at it in fear. Yeah. But if we look at it that way, then we aren't going to be able to, uh, you know, kind of grab on, take a hold and, and take yeah. those opportunities. It's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, the, the one thing that I've tried to keep saying to people is that like, God, Christians are made for the plague. I mean, like, th- this is, we've got such yeah. a... Say that again. Yeah. Well, we got a heritage for, like, <laughs> Christians are made for the plague. Yeah. <laughs> That's for your kids. Little inside joke. No, but I mean, I mean, this is, we have such a heritage of, like, you know, in, in the Marine Corps, the whole thing was like, you know, you run to the, the sound of gunfire. Yeah. But like in the church history, we've run to the plague. Yeah. We, we have. Yeah. And, I, and I can think of like some of my, my favorite um, theologians, just from my own dissertation. I think of Franciscus Junius, who was this amazing um, French reformer who was an amazing scholar, uh, an amazing preacher, systematic theologian, but he also would go with the troops out to battle to work with them, and then he ends up dying in the plague. He ends up, he's the first one to challenge Arminius, and then when, after he dies, Arminius actually gets his position. Okay. Um, but he's this amazing guy, dies in the, in the plague, and that's what all the Christians did, was that the plague hits, you go in and you serve people. Yeah. Wow. And, and so the first thing is, we need to serve. We need to figure out how to serve. The difficulty is that can't find any sick people. <laughs> so, so like, like how do you, how do you serve right now? And right. that's where like, I feel like there's just a creativity that we need right. to figure out like, this is the time where like the whistle blew. We need to figure out how to lay our lives down. That's right. what we're supposed right. to do. Amen. I just can't figure out where, where do we do that now? How can we give ourselves right now? Yeah. 
And maybe part of that's also just even, I mean, there's tons of pressure being put on our leaders. I mean, yeah. particularly our political leaders. I mean, I think of mayors and city councils and uh, county commissioners and governors and yeah. you know, representatives and stuff. I mean, I mean, they're like, they are, I mean, I'm sure they're hearing from, I mean, they never anticipated this yeah. when yeah. they got elected to these positions. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are, you know, in the middle, yeah. whatever. But like, I mean, you think of, think of all the people who got put in crazy positions, Daniel and his three friends, Esther, Mordecai. Mordecai, you know, yeah. Joseph in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. And what did, I mean, they served. Yeah. But it really takes wisdom. Yeah. And, to, and, and you know, they, they've got economies that have been crashed and yeah. smashed. they got people, yeah. a lot of people that are mad at them uh-huh. and upset with them right now. And yeah. they're probably, it's both ways. They're, some of them are going to start reopening economies and they're going to have people mad at them yeah. for doing that. And other people are keeping the economies closed and maybe it's for stupid reasons, but they yeah. got people mad at them for doing that. Right. Yeah. And, and I think Christians can be the kind of people who say, Hey, I've got a creative idea. Maybe here's a way yeah. we can start, you know, helping and serving everybody. Yeah. Right. And, you know, without promising to make everybody happy. And of course, all these people too. I mean, Daniel ends up facing lions and the three friends are thrown into the fiery furnace. And, you know, I mean, there's risks involved in this, yeah. but Christians were made for the risk. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, and I, I love seeing, I, we had one of our students who put up a, um, a thing on Facebook. It was a new program for how to, um, buy from downtown, um, you know, the, the takeout yeah, stuff yeah. and then post it online to try to drive traffic to these businesses yeah. that are trying to stay alive. I love seeing that right. kind of innovation. Doing carry out with all the yeah. restaurants downtown to try to encourage the community in yeah. the middle. That's, that's a great example of serving. But I think the, the primary thing that we really have to do, and this is the thing that I think is really, um, um, opening our eyes to a serious weakness in the church is that, it's it's scary to me how much we are consumed with this idea of social responsibility like 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 our christian virtue is social responsibility I'll wear my mask I'll you know social distance all that right instead of like preaching the gospel where where it's like you you've got the fear of death has completely um swept over our nation yeah. mm-hmm. and it's done it with actually a very very small percentage of actual deaths you right. know like yeah, right, right. in the yeah. world of plagues we're yeah. kind of like the person wearing the the neck brace that you know, it's questionable whether you really got hit yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah. so, That's right. So, so you've got this fear of death um, all over all of the world, and we're the ones that know the answer to that. Right. And 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 instead of coming out with the gospel and being bold about like you you, it is shameful to be for a Christian to be scared of death. We should not be mm. scared, mm. and we need to be preaching courage and confidence and telling people about life after death. Like this is our opportunity to do that. Right. But instead. We're taking our talking points from a, a secular agenda and 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 talking about social responsibility. There, there's a there's a much deeper social responsibility that we have right now. Right. And that's not to say I want to make light of somebody who's truly yeah. struggling with a disease. I would love to go and serve them, but the best service we can give is the gospel. Most of us don't have those people right in front of us. Exactly. I mean, yeah. There are some hot spots where people yeah. can serve in those ways, but lots of us are in a place where it's just people are afraid. Yeah, yeah. and that's all it is. Yeah. You've got fear all around right. you, and you can at least minister to that. Amen. Mm-hmm. President of New St. Andrews College, uh, I want to, every time when you come, I want to call you pastor because you know, you're an elder. So, uh, uh, but president of New St. Andrews College, NS, uh, NSA.edu, go to the website there. I want to give you two things that bother me. Okay. One, you haven't tweeted since November. <laughs> and, and two, it's because I stopped managing his account. <laughs> and two, you're not following me on Twitter. <laughs> I don't even know how. <laughs> 
You know, you talked about helping people just now. I know. You just talked about it, and here it is. We can do it right here. So now you can get on your phone. We're going to show you after show how to do this, how to make okay. this happen. If you support Rowdy Christian Media, then you're supporting the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, in which we are grateful for. It's why we're able to do shows like this. If you're not supporting Rowdy Christian Media, go to flfnetwork.com or flf.com and support Cross Politic Fight Laugh Feast Network If you're single Get married If you're married Have kids And if you have kids Go baptize them Until tomorrow Love God with all your heart Soul, mind, and strength Love your neighbor as yourself Go fight Laugh And feast This is Cross Politic Yeah you're not following anybody on here <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>